0: Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content.
1: Yeah, basically we're just regular dudes drinking irregular beers, talking about Magic, specifically Magic Arena, with a uh, a heavy focus on competitive...
0: on casual play. Casual... um organized, organized, casual play is what we talk about. (laughs) Um, It's always been our thing. Yeah. Our main topic for this week, we're going to talk about the Strixhaven League Weekend number two. But first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, then rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what is on tap?
1: All right. So this week I brought uh, a relatively new beer from one of my favorite breweries that we haven't done collective arts in a while. And uh, this is just a dry hopped blonde that they make. So when I saw it, I figured, let's uh, let's just do that one on air. Uh, it's 4.8%. And the can is uh, Collective Arts always just has local artists. Or actually, they're not so local anymore. They're just artists that mm-hmm. submit designs. So all their cans never really look the same. But this one has some sort of, I don't know, hypnotic, three-eyed monkey of some sort.
0: Oh, ah, so. very nice. Uh, <laughs> very nice. Would you bring? Um, I brought something from Flying Monkeys. Uh, so that kind of goes with a hypnotic monkey thing. Uh, this is their Grand Terrestrial Rhapsody. Always very uh, exciting names with Flying Monkeys. Uh, this is their pineapple double IPA. Uh, it's 8.1%. Woohoo! And uh, it has like a picture of a heart with an eye, and then there's like some clouds with hands and some pineapples and rainbows or something. And uh, yeah. I did want to say I picked this one specifically because on the side it has this thing from the uh, Brewmaster. It's talking about the different hops, and uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't do that at all. Yeah, okay. Uh, douche would do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, let's get into some magic news. Oh boy, did we get a bomb dropped on us this week? Ugh. Yep. Uh, if you not, if you not, if you have not heard yet. Um, there's a big announcement about uh, Magic and the gathering of Magic and, uh, well, organized play. Uh, so, where do we even start? Yeah, so they're just not really,
1: like, pro or even competitive Magic is just not going to be a thing anymore, basically. Nope. Um, so they're going to try to reorient everything towards as diverse a, a play group as possible. So they already started to do this a little bit, right? Grand Prix became Magic Fests, mm-hmm. which now had the Grand Prix as their quote-unquote main event, but it, they were clearly trying to focus more less and less on the main tournament uh the big, you know, big prize tournament and more and more on the side events and get the commander players to come with their friends and yeah, like get which people is who you know to draft to come play and people who love sealed can play. And, and all
0: that. of that stuff is super great, right? Like it's wonderful to have um but basically what they're saying is they want to do like instead of a top down approach, they want to do a ground up approach. So the top down thing they tried to do was the MPL where they had a bunch of pros uh working from the top down and and kind of showing oh they're making like the star power of the pros and people want to be pros and so they work really hard to get up to there uh however those avenues were so small that like the average person who's playing or learning how to play magic it just seems absolutely impossible like there's just no way you're ever going to get part of the MPL. it's so hard to get any type of spot it's just it's not going to happen uh, so the nitty-gritty of what went on is basically saying that the MPL and the rivals leagues uh, will be ending uh, in the twenty-one twenty-two season. So that's next season. So we still have it for the end of the season and into next year. However, it's just going to be a lot different. There will no longer be league weekends or gauntlets in the twenty-one twenty-two season. Um, and then as well, there of
1: there can't be gauntlets because there's cause, nothing for them yeah. to qualify for.
0: So um, it it is good because this is kind of. This is like 15 months in advance, essentially, uh, saying this announcement. So it effectively means that uh, the the pro players that are pros right now, they will just no longer get... They're, they're all fired, basically. Um,
1: yeah, they're, they were fired with 15 months' notice.
0: Which is, you know, that is nice. However, for the 22-23 season, nothing is in place. There are no... Uh, they, they don't know what they're going to do yet. Um which is the part that a lot more people feel scared about and kind of frustrated with. Um, It is nice to just to note that they did tell everyone when they already knew they wanted to stop it. So that's good at least. Although I don't know how long they've been thinking about this, but at least they didn't finish the season and then all the challengers got in through the gauntlets and everyone's so excited. And then they're like, by the way, this is the last time we're gonna do this. Um, you get to be in the last MPL or Rivals. Have fun, you know. Also, yeah, there's no exactly. league weekends, so you don't get to do that either. You just kind of go to some tournaments and get paid. But they like get salary.
1: their salary, right?
0: So that's good. Um, so, all, you know, all the challengers, at least they have something to work towards. You get a salary for a year. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, the what's going to happen in 2022-23 is that pros, there will be no more pros. They, they aren't going to put any money into... Uh, making being a professional magic player a lifestyle or a, an effective um, occupation. Uh, they're gonna put they're saying they want to put more money into prize pools for tournaments and things and you can work towards getting that, but they're not going to pay for pros plane tickets or um, for the, mm-hmm. them to go to all the pro tours and uh, the, the hotels and those kinds of things. So to make it easier for these pros to play, um, which is, you know, it's kind of sad. I mean, I, I think, uh paulo vitor domino rosa put out a really great youtube video about it um and i think listening to the pros is probably the best way to go because they're the ones who are really affected for the rest of us it's actually kind of uh nice as far as like hey if you want to go to these tournaments or play in high level stuff there's gonna it, it feels a little bit, a little bit more accessible because uh, mm-hmm. they are catering towards people that are all challengers as opposed to the old system where it felt like uh, it, they're just it was impossible
1: yeah, I mean, the other thing is that, um, like, the pros actually had a meeting with representatives from Wizards and got more information than than the little thing, the tiny announcement they let out that basically said nothing.
0: Yeah. It just so, said, you know,
1: no more pros and uh, we're not, can't reveal what's 22, 23 will look like. Exactly. You know? So it is,
0: cool. it is important to note that the meeting where the pros found out about this was five minutes after the pros had to submit their deck lists for the league weekend that happened this weekend. So everyone submits their deck list. They're great. Then they're like, okay, we have this meeting at 12. They go to the meeting and then they're like, you're all fired. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's like, we just worked really hard on this weekend. And and then we all found out and uh, really took the wind out of the sails for the league weekend. I was pretty excited for a while. And then after that yeah, came it's just out. It's
1: such a weird time to announce it, like right before you have a, yeah. a big tournament.
0: And then, like, everybody was like, you know, it's, I don't think attendance was necessarily down, but it was just like, okay, like, it's whatever. Just, it's the just, timing is super weird. It's super it's like, weird.
1: It, okay, before a big event, maybe it's because you wanted to, the pros to know the stakes so that they don't devote all their time to it. Well, that's not it either because you
0: said they, it right or, after
1: decklist. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and a lot of people on Twitter were saying like, oh, well, they had to say it right after decklist so they didn't get a bunch of like, you know, 75 land decks that were submitted. <laughs> They're like, I'm, there you go. That's my deck. That's what I'm playing this weekend. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> big, big fuck you to, to them. So, man, I don't know. It, it just threw me for a loop. Um,
1: but like if that's your, if you want to do that, just do it after the league weekend. Yeah. Like have everyone try you know, and submit the best deck they can, and do their best, and then.
0: And then, uh, I. Like obviously, there's no
1: great time to do it, but this is just to me the weirdest possible time. It's just a weird it time. Hits, it has no upside. It's like it's like everyone invested all their time into this, then you told them that it didn't doesn't um, matter. Unless
0: it was like they always have meetings right after deck lists or something. I don't think that's a thing, but. Um, yeah, do this one at a different time like you
1: could tell someone they're fired whenever you want yeah if you I, give 14 and a half months notice that'll probably be okay
0: yeah i, I don't know uh but basically I'll, I'll link pv's video in the in the show notes because it's definitely worth a watch um but he's kind of saying mm-hmm. like you know he's in brazil and there aren't really high level c- tournaments in brazil and he can't afford to fly to the states to play in tournaments that aren't huge stakes they just he can't you can't pay for it, right. right?
1: Yeah, his ex- his expected value needs to be positive, or yeah. he, it's not worth it. Or it's it. like,
0: okay, so I'm gonna go play like a PT like event, and it's yeah. So they they said that they're gonna they there will be Grand Prix and uh, Pro Tour like events in the new structure, whatever that is. But um, it's still not gonna um, support the pros. Uh, so so basically, we just won't be able to say the pros anymore. There just really won't be any. Um, it's just going to be a new world.
1: Yeah. Well, the pro scene won't be supported by Wizards at the very yes. least. It's like I wouldn't be surprised if in five years, you know, there's a Star City Games supported yeah. scene or so
0: that is the other you thing know
1: externally supported scene. Right? That it's not going to be from Wizards' pocket. Exactly. So
0: now it seems like um, hopefully there will be able to have like be these like third party people putting on these big tournaments and they become like the new scene the pro scene Um, and that would be something to aspire to because a lot of people are saying the dream of being a professional magic player is dead because it kind Uh of is Um, and uh, hopefully there's something that goes in in their place but uh, for the time being a lot of stuff is going to be kind of more regional uh so it's like a pro tour like event except for it's basically just people in your state or your province or close to there or just the east coast of the states things like that um
1: it's just a bummer, though, because I bummer. was just starting to, like, crack into the online competitive scene, too, which mm-hmm. is really great. Would, I mean, it's been awesome playing on Melee and in all these different tournaments. But whenever I play in one of these events, the, like, aspiration of, you know, winning the qualification into the championship is, you know, what I'm most after. Yeah. Like, sure, if you get first place, you win 1500 bucks, and that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to play in a Magic event and win that much money. So that's, that'll still be around, presumably, if Star City Games was the one exactly. doing that in the first place. The, you know, the tournaments might even be bigger now because there's no competition. But it was still like, I don't know, the real reason I was playing in that one as opposed to another one is because if you win, you get to qualify for the the really big money tournament. Yeah,
0: the ones where you can, you know, because that is the kind of tournament that a pro player can't really do if they have to fly there because, you know, it's not, <laughs> not going to pay for the ticket. Yeah. Um,
1: and it is fun for me, you know, when I'm playing in these events and I come up against someone, I'm like, "Oh, that's a pro player."
0: Like, yeah, you recently you know, played. Against I instantly know that
1: I'm probably going to lose.
0: But, like, but it's my—it's so know, cool to do that. And
1: but yeah, it's awesome. Like, and I played uh, against Luis Salvado mm-hmm. a couple of tournaments ago, you know, and I was in a tournament that had Paulo Vitor Damo de Moda Rosa and it had Arna Hushinbet in it.
0: Yeah, so. and it's just like that's really cool. And that might be kind of going away a little bit because you know you won't know people as well or or whatever it's just it's just feels sad I, I just feel sad around the whole thing i'm not really upset um overall uh we were pretty high on the MPL rival thing uh at the beginning of this season until they started um doing league weekends named after just like, sets that weren't in the league weekend that that started to get yeah that's weird. what i
1: was gonna say about the weird timing of the firing notice mm-hmm. it's just it's just so true to MPL, though, because the timing on everything is weird in the MPL. Yeah, it's just... Like, they always seem to pick the worst time to schedule or do anything.
0: Yeah, so strange. It's just... W- whatever. So, in any case, it seems like the MPL and Rivals, they had to go. Something had to be in its place. Um, a lot of people had who are in the MPL have talked about how it's just been awful. They have not liked it at all. So, it's it's good that it things will be different. It's just kind of... Um, It's basically just Wizards saying it's out of our hands. We're not really gonna deal with that anymore. Somebody else can do what they want. Hopefully, somebody else can do what they want. Um, I don't exactly know the the, legal stuff around it, but. I'm not convinced
1: there was anything wrong with the idea of having these pro leagues, you know, that you can aspire to, but are at the very height of competition. Mm -hmm. And you get to watch all the pros battle it out against each other. But just like, they didn't take a real shot at it. like. Neither of their uh, systems for the league week, for the MPL Mm -hmm. were very well thought out in the end. Um, This one was just like, why is it so hard for, why does a, you know, you must understand that your system is extremely complicated and B it's very, very difficult for me to ever find any information about what's going on. Like that website was atrocious. Yeah. So it's just like, clearly they just didn't, they like set it up decided to make it a thing, but they didn't take a real shot at making it successful because I was, I'm more tuned into this than pretty much anybody or as tuned in. And it was next to impossible for me to find out what was going on. You know, we'd have something coming up and I'd, it would take me half an hour of digging to find out what format it was. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, it's
0: coming up in, in three days. And it's, it was just been kind of like that the whole time. I mean it's also hard because like they never kept the same structure two years in a row. You know, it's just like, hey, let's just change yeah. it every year, maybe it'll be better next year. Let's just scrap the whole thing and just forget about it. That's kind of what's going on. Um,
1: like my legitimate way of getting information about what was gonna happen or, or what, you know, was going on in the MPL was to watch Gabe Nassif's stream. <laughs> and like people would ask him. And he would tell <laughs> he them. would say it. That was the fastest way to get the information.
0: And that's just ridiculous. It's just... Yeah. Anyway, um, it seems like it's been kind of screwed up from the beginning. So I'm not extremely sad to see the MPL leaving, but obviously this puts a damper on our fantasy sports that we've been doing this whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that we're supposed to be Who talking. Who even cares anymore? I know. So that was like... Uh, oh, man. Anyway, um, so we'll we'll see what happens for us. I mean... We'll, we'll watch what we what we can watch, and, and we're still in it for our, our bet, obviously. So we got to finish that out. Like we can't yeah, just exactly. like, stop.
1: That's what it was really all about, anyway.
0: Obviously, everything's about beer. Why would it not be about beer? <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's kind of what we have to say about that. Like as far as how it addresses or uh, how it affects us, um, it's it's mainly we just don't get to talk about it and watch it anymore. And that's it's you know it still affected me the whole week. I was really down. I was really sad about it. I didn't have a lot of people to talk to because nobody watched it, so I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. talk to you. Yeah. It was just kind of, oh, it it's just a bummer. Nobody understands. Nobody me. understands my pain. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. Um, hey Jeff, do you know what bolts? My bird. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> that like arena, man. It can't. They just have problems after problems all the time yeah
1: i know two weekends oh that was the other thing i was going to say about the pro thing though just one last thought Mm -hmm. like what does this mean for stuff like arena opens or you know stuff that basically the competitive minded circuits they were bringing through arena like the mythic qualifier weekends and stuff what does it mean right they didn't tell us anything like that yeah like hopefully arena opens are still gonna happen
0: i i think there's still there's one that's uh scheduled for july i I know
1: but like in 2021 22 or or in 22 23 is this going to be a thing because this is one of the better things to come out of this year was the arena open
0: i know but the arena open doesn't qualify you for a tournament right
1: yeah but it's still like a competitive event yeah but
0: that will be fine because they said competitive events will still be around they'll have ways for you to play competitively you just won't be able to be a professional competitive magic player
1: you never know this is their way of like toning it down one step. I that, time, uh, that's
0: though. true. Hey, instead of winning $2,000, you win 1,000 and then slowly it's nothing.
1: And it costs 40,000 yeah or,
0: or something. Anyway, uh, so hopefully that're 40,000 gold. Does, yeah. Um but but yeah, what's bolting my bird is that there is a, you know, inv- there is a uh, qualification weekend for the Strixhaven Championship. Um you got to play in it. It's very exciting. Uh, yeah,
1: because of this whole day two fiasco, you know, I decided to just uh, not even qualify for day two, because yeah. I, I just knew something would go something wrong. Something would go wrong. Um, and I didn't want to have to deal with that. So mm-hmm. I decided to just scrub right out of day one. Mm-hmm. yeah, And uh, not have to bother with that. So
0: Jeff can see the future. One day in the future. You can see one day in the future. I don't
1: think this one was tough to predict. No, no, not really. <laughs> basically, me, the client would have issues.
0: Yeah, basically what happened, the day two of that Strixhaven championship qualifier Um, The format was standard, however, when you woke up on that day and registered for the event, it was historic. And everyone was like, oh my god, it's historic. Everyone's scrambling to figure out what historic deck they're going to play. People are queuing up, not realizing it's historic, playing standard decks. Everything's all over the place. People have win records already. It's hours into the event, people are tweeting, being like, what is going on? Uh, there are people who are awake, who, are, who stayed up all, all night for two days in Australia playing this event so they can get the timing right, so they can be up, all that stuff. And then Wizards is like, oh, oh, sorry, it was supposed to be standard. Uh, we are scrubbing everyone's records and starting over. <laughs> yeah. Because somebody clicked the wrong format, kind of, it seems like.
1: Now, what if you won your games with a legit standard deck? What if you went, like, 4-0 with your standard deck against historic decks? It's that should count double. No. You should just get your seven wins. Nope,
0: <laughs> didn't matter. They did refund. They gave everybody, like, 4,000 gems or something to be like, hey, sorry. But, like, yeah, but
1: you're not playing those weekends for the gems. I know. Like,
0: They're just, like, they, they were doing that to everyone. But, like, if you had a losing record or a winning record or whatever, some stories were great. Oh, I was 0-2, and, and then they reset, and then I went 7-0. Or, oh, I was Whatever. Um, that,
1: that tweet, if someone, if I saw someone say that and I was one of the people that went three zero and got rescrubbed, and then like, you know, went screwed. 3 or 4-3 yeah. or whatever, that would really bolt my bird that somebody's like, oh, I started mm-hmm. 0-2 and then I went 7-0.
0: Yeah, so it, that's just like absolutely, in my book, unacceptable. No way. That should yeah. never, ever happen again. And And the timing is just
1: so hilarious. Because we're not going to put any money into competitive play anymore. (laughs) This event clearly had like an intern setting it up or something. That's
0: exactly (laughs) what I think it is. I think that Wizards (laughs) employees don't work on the weekends. So they're like, oh, all the people who don't know anything have to work these events. And they get screwed up. And it's like, hey, people have to work on the weekends sometimes. You know, I've worked the weekends almost my entire life. Just... Like, wouldn't it be the same person that set up the Saturday one as the
1: Sunday one, and wouldn't you they would, be like, "I I clicked standard yesterday"? It's <laughs> got to be I'm historic clicking.
0: today because that's how magic works.
1: It's how the league weekends work, right? They flip
0: flop between yeah, standard
1: and historic. So, uh,
0: so anyway, it's been uh, it's been a week. Uh, what is it? Are we done with the episode already? Is it it yeah. feels like we've been talking. Yeah, damn it, It's almost Ste- ready for a beer break, and we're just getting through
1: the news it's just speaking it's... of uh, that getting annoyed by twitter comments on that event though mm-hmm. so I, as you mentioned i played that event and i decided after much deliberation to play reed duke's gruel adventures deck okay or you know that a bunch of people played it. Is it
0: that's the so, magda one right
1: yeah the, the gruel mm-hmm. magnet list i think it's actually Raphael levy that mm-hmm. built it um but i was really thinking about this and i was I wanted to play Rakdos, but then I felt like there'd be a lot of Sultai because Sultai was the most popular deck on the League weekend. And people tend to just wait for copy. those deck lists to drop and then mm-hmm. copy them, which is what I did, so I'm not judging. Um, anyways, I thought about all my options. Eventually, I pick Reed Duke's deck, and I just get trapped, right? I think I went two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty like, I think I was telling you like some of the worst draws I've ever had. You yeah. know, just the deck was not cooperating with me. Um, I would just draw, like, I'd keep a hand because it has a fast Cadillac, and then I would draw, like, Cadillac, Cadillac, Cadillac. (laughs) It's a legendary permanent. Classic. All of my tempo is fucked now. I just have a ton of tutus. Uh, (laughs) But um, then I would just go on Twitter the next day, and it was just, like, literally my entire feed was people being, like, I copied Reed's gruel Magna deck for this event and it turned out to be the perfect deck i went seven and one <laughs> literally everyone was just like it was such a great choice to pick up reed's deck for this event seven oh just like oh, fuck you guys <laughs>
0: oh man i wonder like, i guess it's
1: gratifying to know that i didn't like scrub out because of my deck choice so <laughs> you it's... know like it, that wasn't the reason yeah I fucked up. it's
0: just you and then you, me and yeah. then your luck is in there a little yeah. bit But All right. Well, after that grueling, uh, (laughs) grueling (laughs) news.
1: So after telling you about how competitive magic means nothing now, let's go over what happened in this past competitive magic event.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got to laugh because it's really sad. Um, (laughs) I was like... I don't know if I should cry. Anyway, the Strixhaven League but it's Weekend... But still
1: useful for you guys, because these are the decks you're going to be playing on ladder for the next exactly. at least two weeks. Or you'll be
0: seeing it and all that stuff. Uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, the Strixhaven League Weekend number two results. Uh, Jeff, would you like to tell us who will be... Just basically who won the Weekends? Who, who will be yeah, going so into the these MPL?
1: names are going to sound familiar to some of you because uh, one of us was wise enough to select both of these players, but mm-hmm. Paolo Vitor, Damo de Rosa, and Stanislav Sivka are both locked in for MPL next year. I mean, I would say congrats, guys, but, uh, you know, I guess it's still congrats. It's,
0: congratulations, you get to be part of the last MPL ever. That's right. That's, yeah. that's
1: Congratulations, a- you get your, like, $40,000 or whatever yeah. for accomplishing
0: that. Um, however, the people that were not so lucky, and these names will also look fairly familiar, <laughs> um, they get to be part of the last Rivals League ever, which is Brian Bronduin, Shahar Shenhar, and Autumn Burchett. Uh, uh, they have been relegated from the NPL to Rivals. Condolences, guys. Mm-hmm. You only get your, like twenty thousand
1: dollars or whatever
0: yeah would you like to read who gets relegated to the challengers who are just normal yes. people like us
1: nothing even to challenge for anymore yeah so we got being relegated from rivals matt Nass, rizo fuji lucas esper Matias leverado greg orange uh, those are the players that got relegated from rivals and i do want to quickly mention about Matias leverado because he was also a, a twitter story or a story of the event but uh, basically, his client crashed while he was up against um, Kai Buda, I believe. And the decision was that he now gets a game loss. So basically, because MTG Arena can't handle, I don't know, play, playing a match, <laughs> he got automatically given a game loss and then MTG kicked out, the, kicked rivals. out the Rivals League. <laughs> so like nice. it's, it's, I don't mean to laugh, Matthias, but like... <laughs> It's ridiculous. It just shows how ridiculous this is.
0: Can't they just re-
1: redo it? And I saw Kai Buddha post, like, I played against Matthias. You got a game loss because their client can't handle a match. Like, I'm really sorry about that, Matthias. You know? Yeah. Because you don't want to win like that either. No, right? of course Especially not. These guys all know each other and stuff, too.
0: Yeah, but at least the sting doesn't hurt as much where it's like, well, whatever. Like, if I'm a challenger... There's nothing to do next year. Like, true, it yeah. doesn't matter if I don't get it. But,
1: but imagine it costs him that, like, 25 grand or whatever the rival's salary is. Yeah. The other thing <laughs> That's is, like... annoying because your client sucks. Yeah.
0: I. But there's also, like, a bunch of people that were, like, who are still in the running are just like, I'm retiring. I'm retired now. Mm-hmm. I'm done. So, yeah. it's just... I saw Lucas uh, Esper's retirement yep. post. Lu- so. Lucas Esper is retiring and some other people. It's just... Anyway, I don't want to keep being a downer about that. It, <laughs> yeah. it still makes me sad. Just drink though. some more beer. I, yeah, <laughs> drink some beer. It'll make you happier. That, that is right. the biggest lie I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so as we all know, this was a uh, split weekend of Standard & Historic. There were um, basically uh, two rounds per day, so four rounds all together. Twelve matches were played per player. Um, they were all pods of ten. And, um, there were, yeah. uh, in, in the
1: circus of weird decisions that is the MPL slash rivals, the rivals, despite being a number of players divisible by eight divided, decided to divide them into groups of 10.
0: Hey, it makes it easier, I guess. That's what I would have done. I don't, I don't hate them <laughs> for that. Cause that looked like a home run slam dunk to me. 10s all around. Perfect. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, just weird. Basically, we do fantasy sports here. As you know, we have three players from the MPL and four Rivals players, as well as guessing the highest meta percentage and top performing decks for the weekend. If you can hear that, there's a siren outside. It's coming to try to put out the fire that is the MPL. But I guess that's they already burned down that building. So... <laughs> Glad you got went there. I was trying to think of something too. I was thinking <laughs> on the
1: police line though. So I was oh, the like criminal how the league was handled. Uh
0: that works too, yeah. Man, they're <laughs> gonna come arrest Watsy because this weekend was atrocious. <laughs> <outrageous>. uh, <clears throat> anyway, and as always, the um the winner of all the league weekends <laughs> and championships between me and Jeff. Wow. There is something going on here. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah, we're good. So the winner of all the, the champion
1: <laughs> you might need to move to a different part of town man. oh man
0: so, I'm living the bad part of town bro um, yeah. we, we're rough over here uh, anyway <clears throat> sorry you're all just going to have to live with that because that's just what's going to happen um, yeah. uh, as always the winner of the league weekends and the, the championships gets a 2-4 of beer which is 24 curated beers uh, sorry a weird 2-4 my bad a weird 2-4 of beer um yeah and coming into this weekend we were tied three to three
1: yeah i let zach win a couple because i felt so bad about
0: <laughs> being so far in the lead but. i would laugh if it didn't really feel like or i did laugh but it, it does kind of feel like <laughs> <laughs> what happened <laughs> this week spoiler alert i got destroyed Feel <laughs> <Real> badly <laughs> um i'll just start first with with actually no no jeff you you should start with your team uh tell All us right. tell us what happened
1: the whole team or just NPL first? Just the whole or? team. Let's do the whole team. All right, let's just run it all down. Mm-hmm. So I had PV, DDR, Palo Vito, Damo Rosa, who played Sultimatum in Standard, and Demir Pact in Historic, the two decks I picked as the winningest decks of the event. Um, so PV and I were on the same wavelength there. He got eight points. Andrea Mangucci, whom I really asked not to play double Yori on decks. I had one request, Andrea. And he brought four colour doom foretold bant mid-range. I didn't see the bant mid-range deck, but I'm assuming it was a Yorion list. <laughs> <laughs> For the double Yorion whammy. He only got three points because of that. Should've listened. And Ken Yukihiro, Mono White and is at Phoenix, got six points. Then we have Luis Scott Vargas, Sultimatum, Jeskai Control with at eight points. Luis Salvado, Jeskai Cycling, Is at Phoenix got six points. Grigorish Kowalski, once again with the one-two punch of Sultimatum and Demir Pact, got a whopping nine points and stan sifka again ultimatum and grix is packed eight points
0: very nice
1: but uh who are the players on your team
0: so uh my my number one pick my star hitter gabriel Nassif. uh he was running gruel adventures in uh standard and the just guy control and he got a whopping two points Wow, wow. Oof, that was rough real just real rough right off the start and then my next two players both got relegated to rivals shahar shenhar was playing ultimatum and just guy control got five points and brian braun was is it mid-range and demir packed for four points oh boy that was real bad starting off real bad tough um, start uh, I had uh, Matt Spurling for the rivals in Sultimatum and Jeskai Control for six points. Austin Burcevich also six points with Is It Midrange and Demir Pact. Chris Botello seven points for De- uh, Timber Adventures in both Standard and Historic. And then Kai Buda with six points for Gruul Adventures and Jeskai Adventures.
1: Yeah, so I noticed that all of my players who picked Sultimatum and Pact all did exceptionally well yeah <laughs> we,
0: who would have who would have guessed you you would have guessed <laughs> i guess i would have <laughs> for meta percentages uh boy it was just <sighs> jeff run us through what you you said and then i'll say what i said and then we'll, we'll we'll keep going
1: or do we want to do it one at a time so for most played deck i picked naya and you picked Teamer adventures all right Nobody brought either deck.
0: <laughs> Actually, there were like two, there was, or two players. There was, was one brought. player who played Naya and one player who played Teamer, Chris Patello. Chris Patello, yeah. And uh, <laughs> that means we neither of us beat each other and neither of us got the most, so we got zero points. We don't points. deserve any points. We don't for deserve that. any yeah. points. <laughs> no, those are terrible picks. Oh, boy. All right,
1: but for the top performing deck, I chose Sultai Ultimatum.
0: Yes. And I chose Demir Rogues.
1: Yeah, so uh, Sultai Ultimatum was damn close. Mm-hmm. So we should mention that it was the most. It was the highest played deck, I believe. Yes. Um, and it was the second highest performing deck. It lost out slightly to Mono Red Aggro, if memory serves. That is correct. Um, but you know, Sultai put out a lot more decks than mm. Mono Red. was something like seventeen Sultai decks yeah. to there five. Were all, I mono red there I
0: believe there were only five Mono Red decks, but they did well. They ate. Yeah. So, uh. Let me just bring it up, actually, Do to it. Get the
1: actual percentages. Oh, you're
0: doing that, uh, Demir Rogues. I believe there was only one player, and it wasn't Brian Brown doing, who I thought was going to play that. They also yeah, didn't.
1: Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he might pull the double whammy and just play it in both.
0: <laughs> yeah, he didn't play it at all, and uh, I yeah. believe it went like 50 percent or something. Uh, just you know, not great.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Soltai went had 17 decks between MPL and Rivals, and went 56.4 uh, percent win rate and Mono Red had five decks, and it went 57.1. Yeah. So the Sultai result is actually a little better because it had so many more decks, um, but obviously Mono Red was the best-performing deck at 57.1. So I'm happy with that choice, but, man, did we miss the mark on what people were going
0: to play. Boy, did we. <laughs> um, I don't feel that bad about it. I was taking some shots, but it was like... Yeah. Uh, I really felt up in the air. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and I was just, you know, super off. But, you know, what yeah. else is new? You know, I hold, you know, my whole team is off. <laughs> Might as well just get everything else wrong, too. Um, except for this one. Okay, so the meta percentage for Historic, you had chosen. Gruel agro, And I chose Celestnia Company. Now I did get two points <laughs> off of this because nobody brought Gruel Agro to his story.
1: Literally nobody.
0: Zero <laughs> players. And I believe there was one person that brought Celestia Company. So at, there we go. at least <laughs> at least I was there. So that that was a nice little two points for me. However um you've been
1: this far off on, on meta percentages
0: well i yeah well at least you weren't this far off as uh, i was double <laughs> double dipping in the celestia companies he was gonna perform the top in <laughs> historic and uh no that was wrong that was really wrong <laughs> that was that was bad jeff what was it what's the best uh, deck in history all right
1: so i predicted Demir pact and that turned out to be the most played archetype by a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you combine Demir and Grixis, because the Demir packed deck plays a few red cards, so we're not even sure what the split here was it's, between Demir and Grixis packed. Um, yeah. They have a big It's they, basically a blue black deck yeah. that splashes red. Um anyways, thirty one players brought it for over fifty percent of the field, if you combine those two. Um which I, I knew it was the best deck. I knew I think this deck is broken. And so that's why I picked it as the highest performing deck, which it also was at winning 58.9% if you combine Grixis and Demir, um, which smashed everything else out of the water. But I didn't know if people were going to want to play it because the arena client isn't particularly friendly to this. So this deck can win on turn three, but you can't really win on turn three in arena because uh, you can't click fast enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, the animations go too slow. All that stuff. There's, like, weird arena clicking tricks you can do to play this deck. So most of the deck is just, like, learning how arena works and just, like, clicking stuff.
1: Right. And some people avoided it intentionally because of that. I just thought there'd be more players doing that. But uh, it doesn't surprise me that maybe everyone just saw that this deck is too good not to play. And it was worth that sort of painstaking thing. And also they didn't know they were fired yet, so they probably wouldn't have bothered if... yeah. (laughs) playing this deck if they knew that they weren't they would have played 80
0: lands either. in a yorion deck that's what they
1: would have yeah. played um yeah. so in the end that left me with 54 points and i got
0: a whopping 38 <laughs>
1: so i came out a bit on top there a bit a bit on yeah. top yeah it's because i picked all the players that that brought pact and you, you didn't pick enough of those
0: i picked players that when i had said hey these are our players for the weekend on twitter my players were like, Why would you ever pick me? And then they got relegated. <laughs> so true. so that makes yeah. sense. Kai Buddha was think like Kai got Kai was right. like, Why would you even why would you do that? And I was like, Okay. Well, I tried to explain it and, he, and then Brian's like, I also don't know why you picked me. I'm like, Okay, well, I guess nobody wants to be on my team. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. They were also the fired big, at that point, so maybe they were just like fuck it. Already checked
1: out, yeah. So some of the big news though like metagame wise out of this event is i mean this is the first time in forever that almost nobody played adventures in standard that's true there were four gruel adventures decks and then teamer and naya each had like one you know so adventures made up less than 10 percent of the metagame which hasn't happened in standard in a really long
0: time seems really weird and that is it uh dragon's deck was like
1: right and then is it or Prismari. I, mm-hmm. I call it Prismari. Right. Tempo it's, sorry. It's prism- because the Is It Tempo deck was from last season and it was bad. Mm-hmm. And now there's Prismari cards that make it good. So it, I think it's fair to call it Prismari Tempo. That, that's yeah.
0: true. Because they, they have. what um, That's ex- expressive iteration.
1: Yeah, that's the card that really puts it in contention and having the second uh, threat in Galazeth. Mm-hmm. You know, because it used to be like Goldspanner Bust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the deck was solid with goldspan and couldn't possibly win without it uh and now with with Col- uh, strixhaven it's actually a, i think a pretty good deck and i think we were saying this once strixhaven came out that this is gonna really this is the deck that stood to gain the most from it of yeah the decks from, people played previously
0: because you can play the command um, and some other stuff it is you know the it doesn't seem like they're playing the uh the <laughs> the board wipe i was hoping they would play but uh <laughs> yeah. Draconic and Intervention. It should be
1: mentioned that the deck didn't do well at 46.6%. <laughs> no. But I don't think this is its final form. right? I think people just needed good players to tell them, hey, playing this deck is not a bad idea. Yeah. And so now people are going to work on it. I think more Prismari commands should be in the deck than people were playing because I think that card's just good. And I would have uh more of a top end like the Magma Opus stuff, which people seemed to shy away from. Mm-hmm. But you just have so much mana in this deck with Galazeth, and um, if you play Prismari Command and Goldspan Dragon, that I think it's just realistic to just cast uh, Magma Opus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then you can also the treasure to ramp out Goldspan a turn earlier is pretty awesome. So it
0: is. Also, just having the treasure for both Galazeth and uh, Goldspan for you know value is mm-hmm. great. Totally. Uh, so before we go to a beer break, let's just quickly talk about the best possible team you could get if you were playing fantasy with us. Um, yes. So I'll read off the MPL. You can do rivals. But, uh, sure. So the best MPL players you could pick are Seth Manfield, who had 10 points, and then any two of these three, PVDDR, Reed Duke, or William Huey Jensen, who got 8 points. Yeah, so then the
1: best rivals players would have been Grigorish Kowalski. And then any three of Stanislav, because he got nine points, any three of Stanislav Sivka, LSV, Yuta Takahashi, Mike Sigrist, or Riko Kumagai, who all got eight points. The first three names there were on my team.
0: So. Yes. Uh, so that is uh, part of why I lost so badly. You also had a player <laughs> in the MPO part. So That's right. good on you. Uh, for standard, uh, you had to pick Sultimatum for the meta percentage and then mono red aggro for top performing.
1: Yeah, and in historic, you had to go tainted packed, tainted Pact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, yeah, I was actually considering doing coming into the event, but I was just nervous that people wouldn't want to play it because the client doesn't work, which again is ridiculous when the best deck in the format your big tournament is having doesn't work on the client you're holding for yeah. that event.
0: Yeah, well, well, we'll see if it gets a ban. That, that is something people have been talking about. It uh, is possible, so we will see if that's that's what happens um, but if you had all of those things correct your total would be 75 points which is a lot more than what i got
1: yeah that puts even puts my 54 to shame so
0: yeah it's not so bad though <laughs>
1: hey man it, it didn't double you if you doubled your score you would have got 76 so you're fine
0: <laughs> great good i'm i'm happy that that's you got
1: over half the possible i just points. want to remind you sweet. okay
0: so now the score is 3 to 4 um, so it is,
1: I, I like to think of it as four to three. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, it is relegation time. However, we, if history serves us correctly, Zach's win championships. So, uh, <laughs> okay. you know that, uh, that I'm going to be bringing the big guns for that one. I thought
1: Arna's win championships.
0: Uh, no, it's Barkley's win championships. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, with that, I think we need to go to a beer break because, I need, well, I just need a beer. I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, here we go.
1: Okay, Grand Terrestrial Raffy.
0: This is matter of fact, uh, dry hopped blonde, blonde. I just dis- I tipped the glass. I have no idea what it says. Yep, it's a dry hopped okay, blonde. Okay, <laughs> not Shouldn't
1: have second guessed yourself.
0: Damn it! Now I look like an idiot. But you know, <laughs> what else is new. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to delete a lot of episodes <laughs> if to avoid looking like idiots. we got to delete about 30 episodes if we're going yeah. <laughs> to try to make me not look like an idiot. All right. Hmm.
1: I threw myself in there.
0: Oh, oh, I did not hear that part. All right. Well, that's nice. Okay. Um, now that we're ta- done talking about uh, this last weekend and how uh, the pros are dead, <laughs> or not the pros, but whatever, Pro magic is dead. Well, they're um, not dead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but they—they are no longer pros, kind of. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Blah blah. I don't care. Let's talk about Historic Anthology Five. Um,
1: yeah. So they're adding more cards to Historic, and I know we're not going to talk about the pros anymore, but it is funny that. This is coming out like I think four days before the pros have to submit their historic deck lists for the upcoming championship. You are correct. This comes out, so they're gonna have four days to test, (laughs) test these cards.
0: Which I mean, awesome. You know, it'd be fun if that was like the beginning of a set or something. It's a good (laughs) thing
1: they don't care anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So anyway, this comes out on May twenty seventh. We got twenty five more cards coming to historic. Um, I believe it's like, you know, 4,000 gems or something to, to buy the whole bunch. Um, but these ones, you know. Yep, contra- 4,000
1: gems or 25,000 gold.
0: Correct. So um, these ones seem actually a bit more exciting than the uh, the Historic Anthology number four, which we had talked about. Oh, it looks much better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, there, I mean, obviously there's two huge reasons. The first one I want to point out, obviously, we get all the OG Praetors. So now you can have all the Praetors in Historic awesome yeah
1: and what is cool is they're doing the phyrexian thing yes. um you know that they did with the other Klecks. uh since these are also praetors they're getting that treatment as well and they look great they look you know oh. the vorinclex looked great and these ones look great too it's so
0: cool yeah and apparently that's going to be a um a what is it secret layer uh coming oh, okay. up okay so that's like it's like you can buy secret layer that and they're all the praetors which are the, the special but more uh,
1: importantly things. you can buy them on arena
0: exactly they will be more accessible in card styles on arena which is great it also yeah. makes it feel like a certain group of people will be coming to the vampire wedding in the fall maybe crashing a wedding then bringing people i mean to... i thought that
1: one of them would be on strixhaven so that's what we thought
0: we were talking we were talking we were talking uh what's his ginger taxes?
1: A yeah, lot of people were that
0: that were saying that uh, they would be on um, Strixhaven, but it seems like we're not going to get the Vorinclex on Kaldheim and then a different one on Strixhaven and then a different. Yeah, one. Yeah, on
1: they're one. throwing us a curveball yeah. here. So now
0: it's maybe we're going to get all of them crashing the wedding. I would be so down for that. I really. I, yeah, even if
1: just a couple of them crash the wedding, that'd be sweet.
0: What if what if uh, Elish Norn is like the priest at the wedding? <laughs> She, like, eats the, the the vampire priest and comes out to, like...
1: I mean, they've played a lot in the space, though, of, of people pretending to be other people on planes. That's like true. Like, it's not two in a row, so maybe we can...
0: I was thinking more that was, oh, you know who I am, but I fucking ate that dude, and now I'm going to eat the rest of you or something. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, random, whatever that is aside, it's going to be fun to have them in historic... Uh, I think mainly for Historic Brawl, and I, I think it's going to be pretty sweet because um, you, hey, here's five new commanders, uh, play some mono right. colored decks around these awesome, bust, not busted, but these awesome cards. Some people hate them, but I think they're all awesome.
1: Yeah, they're overcosted for Historic. So if they're going to see any play, I think their shot is at reanimation, as a reanimation target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just have a tough time with that too, because none of them win on the spot. And currently, it's possible to build a historic deck where you reanimate Sphinx of the Lost Trove or whatever it's called, and you play, and you usually win on the spot because you get your uh,
0: game-winning cards.
1: Yeah. So it's going to be hard to for like a value reanimator. That's not really a thing anymore. You know, that was a thing in in the old days of Magic, but formats are too powerful now that value-based reanimator decks don't usually work because, you know, the upside is just a powerful value engine and the downside is you have to play against some graveyard hate and you can't win, so...
0: (laughs) Yeah, and this, you know, historic anthology has a ton of graveyard hate stuff.
1: But, you know, I'm with you. The cards are cool. Um, Sure, like, commander players have grown to hate certain ones because the effects are... Really, really lopsided, but
0: yeah. Well, hate and love some. Um, I opened an OG Vorinclex at a draft once, and so now I love that card because I used to play it a lot. Nice, and uh, I hate Elish Norn because I don't have one, <laughs> so now I can have all of them and love them all.
1: I think Elish Norn is the only one I've played.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, why did I play it? I think I had it, uh, <laughs> I might have had it as a dubious challenge target
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty interesting
1: (laughs) yeah i've definitely played it so in modern i think so there was uh there was something crazy going on and i did spend a lot of time messing around with dubious challenge but yeah i think it was in my sideboard in that deck to wipe my opponent's board
0: that seems pretty sweet I, I think they're all cool I really like the uh, the flavor of all of them so it's just gonna be great to see them running around
1: yeah I like the like you know anti-symmetric effects or whatever mm-hmm. where you get a bonus and your opponent gets the kind of equal and opposite
0: yeah debuff uh, and it, they are rude and awesome except for Eurobrask is not that bad but uh, probably the most annoying just like randomly annoying but that's um, the one that's probably closest to actually playable. seeing me play. Yeah, historic, exactly. Which is f- it only
1: costs five, five. Which is still too much for historic, probably. But
0: Hey, you never know. I would love to see any of them, um, but hopefully on my side of the battlefield. Um, yeah, it's exactly. also pretty sweet that we are getting the commands from, uh, what is it, Khans? No, this is Dragons. Dragons of Tarkir. Yeah. So we're getting all the um, dragon commands, which coincidentally, are all allied-colored. Hmm. So now we have allied-colored dragon commands and enemy-colored dragon commands from Strixhaven. That just feels really nice. I like that that went together. I love
1: when they do this. Like, when they did it with the the shrines, they released shrines in Standard, and then they released all the previous shrines in Historic Anthology, even though none of them see any play. I think it's just cool that they did that. And now they're doing, like, a souped up version because all the commands are pretty good. Like, I think this set of commands is, on the balance, a little stronger than the Strixhaven ones. Mm -hmm. Except the blue ones, interestingly enough, in this set, the blue ones uh, were the worst commands. Interesting. uh, uh, Yeah, the other ones were good. But, uh, yeah, it's just cool now that every color pair has a command in Historic. Yeah. That's great.
0: You can play... Uh, commands all over the place and you get to play your favorite one again
1: that's right Colagon's command another card i've played a lot of in modern and uh is the best of all 10 commands i think
0: i think a lot of people would agree with that um but even with just those 10 cards um which you can go look at them we're not going to read any of them just because it's a lot of words and you know we've had a lot of things we've talked about yeah this those episode.
1: those 10 cards in particular have the most words
0: so. <laughs> yeah exactly um but you know usually we talk about whether you should get this or not i mean like the last one i was we were pretty against like it just doesn't seem really worth it these ones yeah i mean just having all the commands just to have them i'll probably be playing a few of them in decks so for
1: sure this one's a lot closer definitely um personally i just you know, I don't think you need, like... What is, does this give you one copy of each? No, you get
0: four copies of each.
1: Yeah, but, like, you don't need four each of the Praetors, you know? You're probably good crafting one of those. Because even if you do play it, like, it's going to be in Historic Brawl or it's going to be as a reanimation target. Like You just don't need four copies. So that's what makes me a little hesitant. Um, but the commands are definitely mostly worth it. Like, if you didn't play against these commands if you weren't playing at the time like they the mono red deck of that age was called a tarka red and it was just mono red that splashed green for Atarka's tarka's command and it was very very strong uh, and a lot of decks played dramoka's command because it's like a removal spell slash protection spell like it protects your mm-hmm. creatures uh, and also rem- acts as a removal and then randomly takes out enchantments if you need it for just two mana as we said, Kologon's command is awesome. The other two didn't see ton of play because they're just more expensive. Yeah. But, uh, but they're also, like, if you just read the cards, pretty strong. So I think the commands are definitely worth it. But I'm just wondering, like, all the Mythic Rares are cards I kind of wouldn't need more than one of.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, I agree with that. I just, you know, I'm much closer to being, like, Snap... I'll, oh, I'll wait,
1: wait, the last one wasn't even these. a consideration, and this one I think I wouldn't necessarily fault somebody for doing that. I would say you're probably overpaying a bit because you don't need it all, but just maybe for the convenience or to inspire you to build decks you otherwise might not, it could easily be worth it.
0: Also because there's Dragonstorm. So Dragonstorm is a card I have always thought is super cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never played it, but it came out when I was a kid, and it just it was like
1: i was gonna say we're showing our short age a bit here because i remember this card as a kid and being
0: yeah. like what <laughs> i just uh dragons how many dragons do i get yeah <laughs> the answer is like realistically one, one. Because <laughs> you, you can't do it so casted anything i will this i will read this card because it's it's been fun especially now that they're bringing all these storm cards to historic this is just another great one to, to add to the pile but uh, it's dragon storm. It is eight and a red for a sorcery. You could just search your library for a dragon permanent card and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. And it has storm, of course, because it's dragon storm. So it's a, a nine mana sorcery that hopefully you can get more than just one dragon. Um, but I just like it because it's like, hey, we've been making more dragons. This last set had elder dragons. We're going to dungeons and dragons, which is going to have dragons. You could uh, here's maybe. here yeah, maybe. <laughs> um here's Dragon Storm. Here's just another you know, maybe you could do something with it. I don't know. It just kind of feels like we don't really know what you'll do with it, but you can go have fun and try. And I just think that's great.
1: Yeah. I, I love everything about this card. Um so it passes the like awesome test, which as we just proved, because both of us looked at this as a as a kid and we're like, What? what? That's
0: awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. I love that it has storm in the title and it's one of the yeah. abilities. Duh.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that, that it's just literally dragon storm, and it literally just storms off on dragons. Easy, that's it's great. great. Uh, so it's really elegant that way, but also what that entails is, like, imagine building this deck. I need a bunch of cantrips and rituals to storm off, but I also need to put some big-ass dragons in my deck. <laughs> like, yeah. It's asking you to do two, like, dichotomous things that are... It's just really cool when they're next to each other like that like you wouldn't normally build any like this asks you to build a deck that you would never otherwise build which i think is really cool uh and it's just it's priced right you know it's it's not
0: good so yeah. <laughs> it's really <clears throat> it's really not unless you can make like infinite mana so you can play the like bir- no
1: one's gonna be like oh fuck i lost
0: a dragon storm again
1: like you're gonna be like wow i just lost a dragon storm that like awesome. i've never <laughs> ever
0: lost a dragon storm um it's funny because I've I've been playing actually. There's the uh, so there's it doesn't the doesn't ber- give
1: them haste, man. Like this card that would be fun it doesn't even give them
0: haste. Uh, but uh, you can go get so even uh, when you Velimachus. do the thing, you
1: can still lose to Wrath of God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man, um, so it's funny because this is the card that I just like want to screw up this uh, mono red um, storm deck, which is just like. It's really, you're playing Burgi, <laughs> yeah. and you're playing Burgi and, um, what is it, uh, Grinning Ignis to get, yeah. like, just play it over and over again to get your storm count high, and then you play Grape Shot. Well, instead of playing Grape Shot, I'm going <laughs> to play of, Dragon Storm. Instead of winning storm. the game, <laughs> I'll play Dragon Storm
1: instead. I'm going to lower the consistency of my combo, because I'm gonna, just going to draw, like, an 8-drop dragon randomly,
0: <laughs> and then I'll put in cards that let me shuffle that dragon from my hand into my deck.
1: <laughs> you know, fire prophecy, baby
0: oh man
1: no I love this card it's awesome oh, uh, and I think it actually was in a pro tour deck at some point it, was. it was just the best storm option they had it was it's so cool
0: now we just need to ignite I think it memories. was like you
1: mine's desire into this or mm-hmm. something
0: it just anyway um, so I'm just happy that that's here it's, it just uh, brings me back I love it and it just I, I'm, I'm on the fence of I'm, I'm probably going to grab this Uh, that's that's where i am um we got a couple like uh flashback cards that destroy enchantments and artifacts um some other like things that are trying to help you get like a um What's that? Tempered steel. To make a tempered steel deck. There's some artifacts. Yeah, on.
1: they seem to like be consistently pushing in one or two tools for that. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I don't think court homunculus is what gets it there.
0: Probably not.
1: <laughs> um, like the big payoff is it's a 2-2 two, two for one, which isn't good enough in
0: today's standard. Any-
1: no, today's but it's historic. in
0: white, so Anyways. that's the best you can do. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but they also gave uh, Vault Scourge which actually mm-hmm. did see play in Modern Affinity because it's a one-mana, one-one flying lifelink artifact creature. So Yeah. That is actually kind of
0: relevant. At rate. So that's pretty sweet. Um, Stifle. So uh, this is another sweet card that came out when I was a kid that I didn't understand <laughs> what it did because... <laughs>
1: yeah this is the classic card that i was like that card is probably good but i don't yeah
0: it. so if you if you don't know stifle it's uh just a single blue mana for an instant counter target activated or triggered ability i didn't yeah, understand yeah. what either of those things were i knew what counter spells yeah, none were. of us
1: play i think i had one and none of us played it in our play group mm-hmm. because we didn't understand what it meant <laughs> so we're like
0: when i was a kid I, not I had the um the world championship from san francisco the gabriel nasif deck it was a like one of his Been in
1: a c fan for a while yeah
0: (laughs) not this weekend but (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's pretty upset about this weekend but um no it was a classic like you know white blue control deck and it had four of those on the sideboard and i was like what is this card
1: what does it even do and i was just like why do i have so many fetch lands in my i was like i was just
0: like so confused (laughs) i didn't get it um and i was like wow there's no real way to win i guess it was just like a It Those decks were pretty interesting, actually. As a as a kid, kind of. Dude, I I got I got one too. Tournament Magic.
1: My my, like mom bought it for me or Mm -hmm. something as a as a birthday gift, and or no, it wouldn't have been birthday because both me and my brother got one. But anyways, I had uh, blue green madness, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think my brother got banned control. So and we would like swap back and forth which one was played, you know. And I didn't understand either deck, really. (laughs) Like, I got the madness thing fairly quickly. It's like, oh, you just... You have all these things to discard. But, like, I didn't really understand why Wild Mongrel was good and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the control deck. But I did kind of come to appreciate Fetchlands from that control deck. Because it had a lot of threshold cards. Like Moments, Peace, or, or... no, Moment's Peace was a flashback card, but it had some threshold cards, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, the fetch lands, which I thought were just worse than, why would I want this when it, I have to pay a life to go get an island, you know? Yeah. Like, why would why not just have an island? And uh, after playing with it, I'm like, wow, like, I get to choose island or plains, which is the obvious thing, The first off, realizing that that is worth paying a life and just filling up for threshold was like, oh, my God, if I have three fetch lands in my starting hand, I can threshold so early this is great
0: <laughs> yeah and that was before you could fetch for a shock because shocks weren't around yet
1: no oh, yeah they were. and uh the original dual lands were not in the format mm-hmm. so they didn't have those
0: so it was literally just fetching for a basic um, yeah you
1: were always just fetching for a basic but i still was like wow these cards are really good yeah now i get why they're rare but yeah stifle one of those cards that you you like just knew you knew it was good but you knew you didn't understand exactly why.
0: <laughs> um, so it is fun so a lot of people are talking about stifle coming into historic and they're like hey this is the thing that stops thassa's oracle stifle it's perfect it gets rid of that trigger and a lot of people are like well you know what also gets rid of that trigger a counterspell. you know what the counterspell is useful in a lot of matchups and stifle is not so yeah i mean this
1: costs one so yeah
0: so that is helpful um however like I don't know. I feel like it might just take I I don't a... think you're really going to play you, Stifled, You're probably honest, not going to but... run it, but...
1: But when somebody stifles your Fabled Passage Sacrifice, you're going to be pissed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it'll only happen to you once, but I promise it'll happen to you. It's kind of like getting mana
0: Exactly. You're like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Um, though, we'll, you know, we'll see. Like, Tail's End was getting... Uh, was seeing play. It also, you know, could counter legendary uh, cards, but... Um, Maybe you know, there's something cool you can do with like Stifle and like Lotus Field or something, or some uh, some gross stuff like that. Sounds. Uh, I don't know. It sounds pretty fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the times I played Modern where I went to fetch on my opponent's end step for no real reason, mm-hmm. and they flashed. At, they flashed in uh, Aven Mind Sensor, and that's the <laughs> only time that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I I really I looked at the guy, I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, look at the top four. And I was like, you know there there's not in there. And I put it's, it away, and I, the rest of the match, I was like, fetch land, fetch shock, tapped, you're go. <laughs> like, absolutely am
0: I never not again. doing
1: that again. <laughs> but yeah, so oh, cool, cool little artifact stuff. I think Stifle's okay. And then I see a bunch of, like, as an old modern player, somebody who played... I didn't play a ton of modern, but I played a bit. I just see some classic sideboard cards here like ancient grudge is something people play in modern mm-hmm. uh, because it's just so efficient like you get to destroy two artifacts like just putting a couple of these in your sideboard takes care of any deck that has a one artifact it's built around you know yeah um, so i don't know if historic really has that yet but if there's ever an artifact deck ancient grudge is a card they can't really beat uh and then Relic of Progenitus, I think, is kind of going to be the, the de facto graveyard hate now. Yeah,
0: so Relic of Progenitus really feels like that's going to be the one.
1: It's obviously not strictly better than Soul Guide Lantern. It's mm-hmm. it's a little different, but it's mostly better, mostly better than Soul Guide Lantern, because mm-hmm. um, you can just kind of sit there with the threat of activating it, like you can with Soul Guide, but you're also chipping away at their graveyard, so
0: for like no cost, really.
1: Yeah, if you've played against Scrabbling Claws, this is like a better version of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's just great. Like it's going to be the de facto graveyard hate, especially for decks that uh, like the big difference between this and Soul Guide Lantern is Soul Guide Lantern will go in decks that care about the graveyard themselves. Yeah, because it doesn't exile their own graveyard, whereas this exiles both. But anytime you don't care about your own graveyard, this will be your choice, probably.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, and then a card I love again for my modern days is intangible virtue i played the black white tokens deck in modern that uh was just awesome i don't know if there's the support of historic i don't think there is but in modern you have like lingering souls uh, which is just makes basically four one one flyers on one card uh so this is really right. awesome with that we don't have great token makers in historic that i can think of off the top of my head but any token maker that comes in that's efficient there it's anywhere near the power level of lingering souls and it's suddenly like that's a real deck
0: yeah
1: you know like you have elspeth as your top end or something and
0: i was kind of know, surp- looking at it i was surprised i end thought end. you were going to say the grizzly salvage was one of your one of your cards
1: grizzly salvage is my favorite card oh. in this collection okay yes because i was like oh he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna
0: say grizzly salvage for sure yeah and then he didn't I but I, like, I
1: never played that in modern
0: okay um, um
1: but i love this type of card for sure um, not just because it's green black but because it's like this is one step away from Seder wayfinder like i'll take Seder wayfinder over this for sure but this is close it's like as close as they're willing to give me to Seder <laughs> wayfinder <it> appears <laughs>
0: um it's also fun to see into the north has been thrown in here just because we have snowlands um just- yeah and maybe
1: if they keep adding stuff like this slowly like it'll get there what is this from cold snap i don't even recognize yes yeah, that,
0: that is cold snap um, uh, into the North is just a uh, rampant growth, but for snowlands. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, it also just gets any snowland, right? It's not basic.
1: Yeah, so it's better than rampant growth in so, principle because so, you can get a dual land. Yes,
0: because we have those sweet dual lands now. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, hey, you know, it, it's just fun. I like when they add just little pieces of everything, you know. It's not like, hey, here's a new deck. It's just like, here's yeah. pieces that maybe you'll find new decks and slowly they'll kind of evolve um so i'm pretty happy with this one
1: yeah i mean the one thing that bolts my bird about this this collection of cards is the reverse engineer oh yeah because it it just annoys me when it's like you just have the opportunity to print this mm-hmm. like they it was more egregious with the last one because it was like right right after kaladesh remastered yeah they just release a bunch of kaladesh cards in the historic anthology and i'm like that feels like cheating that feels like you're giving
0: and one cat cards it was ridiculous
1: yeah it's like that it feels like you're giving me like 15 cards or 20 cards not 25 yeah because you could have given me these before you just didn't and opted to do it here reverse engineer a little bit in that camp obviously it's been further since longer since uh, kaladesh remastered but like if you wanted this card in the format it should have just been that but only one only one of those cards this time so yeah
0: I mean like obviously I don't understand how they make the remastered sets and obviously cards have to be cut out because uh, they're trying to make a certain uh, card limit so it works with draft or it, I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than I think but it does feel weird and but like I don't know was this
1: card so necessary to include in the format like either make the decision during that the construction of that set like make the decision that it's in or it's not you
0: know? Or like, why don't they just decide later? Hey, this is historic anthology remastered cards. We didn't add, <laughs> you know. And it's from all True, this could
1: have like built it up for that. Yeah,
0: and it would have been like, oh, when we when we then add I'd more. finally
1: get my fucking dubious challenge.
0: Yeah, why didn't they add dubious <laughs> challenge? That would be a great yeah. thing. Just like some yeah. you know random rare that would sell this this uh, set of uh, twenty five yeah. cards. Because
1: those of us that like dubious challenge like it a lot. Yeah.
0: So. There aren't many of
1: us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but there are some. Um, but yeah, with this I think that uh, I think it's great. Oh, well, we
1: gotta talk about one more card. Okay.
0: Right?
1: Icar Wellspring.
0: Oh god. All right, we were talking about this before. <laughs> That's why I forgot we didn't actually talk about it on the show. But... Yeah. <laughs> I have
1: a proclamation about this card. I have a, an analysis of it. Yeah. Any deck in which this card is good is a stupid stupid deck
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think it's true um so if you are not familiar with this card but it's in a lot of commander decks so i'm sure people have seen it um ichor wellspring is a two mana artifact that uh, when it enters the battlefield you draw a card and when it goes to the graveyard you draw a card
1: it just makes me think again going back to modern uh, of losing to kark clan ironworks where you just you don't get to do anything you just sit there and they sack their artifacts and draw cards Mm -hmm. cycle through their whole deck and literally cycle through it enough times to crack Pyrite Spellbomb oh, 10 times. Oh my god. <laughs> they play and cast a single Pyrite Spellbomb 10 times. Um, yeah, I hate this card. And any, any deck where this is, is good is doing something dumb where it's sacrificing artifacts and just like recursively adding them and that kind of thing. And those decks are lame.
0: So. Yeah. Are you talking about decks that use Trash for Treasure, possibly?
1: Yeah, I think they added it because it's supposed to go with Trash for Treasure. So it's like artifact-based combo decks. Uh, and artifact-based combo decks suck. So, okay, I'm sorry, but they're just like puzzles for one player and the other player gets to sit there and see if the other person is successful in solving their puzzle. Yeah, it's, like, it's funny this because... what Magic is about.
0: I've never liked them because they're usually red-focused and red's one of my least favorite colors on Magic. So um, I'm like, eh, I don't really care about that. But my best friend when we were growing up Red was his favorite color, so artifact sacrificing stuff was his jam. He loved that. Um, so I've played against many of these cards, <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it's fine when it's like a kid, right? And it's just sure. Like, I'm just I'm sacking this to draw a card, and then I also get to bring back this like solemn simulacrum. Mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. It's when you just establish this really mm-hmm. long loop with ten different things you're doing. You know, and you just sit you just sit there and hope that they don't draw into the card they need because you're like still, t- you, you know, you're 90% to lose, but you're still 10% to win if you just sit there and yeah. you don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, it's just not like the most fun thing to be playing against. Oh, for I get sure. that a lot of people love that type of deck to play mm-hmm. where it's like a really complicated puzzle that you have to figure yeah. out.
0: It's a lot it's of us like, like... Don't
1: involve me in your complicated puzzles. The pe- just do that on your own. The people that, I would-
0: that like that are challengers. <laughs> just like challengers, just like you and me. Like uh, right. Matt Nass, right? So, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. As the uh, famous, uh, you know, I don't know if he invented the deck, but I think he did. The the K- K- our Clan Ironworks deck I was just complaining about. Yeah. It. But I know he won a bunch of GPs with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> But now he got Demoted Anyway um, I would show
1: up to like Friday Night Magic And I'd pair against Someone playing this I'm like really dude Like I just wanted to come And play an actual game Of Magic Mm. Not sit here And either you did nothing And I won easily Or you had your combo And you won easily Like I don't need to come here And uh, you know Flip a coin That takes an hour To land
0: I don't know I am totally fine with that Play play those decks
1: (laughs) I'm fine with people Playing it But I don't want you To match me (laughs) I don't, to, I don't want to sit there while you do it.
0: I mean, I have a phone. I can watch videos. I will be
1: respectful, but I will not be in a great mood.
0: Twitter's <laughs> always got something going on. I can just check out what, what's happening there while I wait for them. Yeah. It's uh, wake me wake yeah. before, before you, you combo. combo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, but... Uh, oh, well, before, before we get into that, before I jump right ahead, I just want to say, um, me personally, I don't know how you feel, but I am... Uh, home run slam dunk with these cards i like it uh
1: this is what uh historic anthologies should look like yes the last one i don't know what the hell that was <laughs> this one love it
0: feels good um snap keep That's what even
1: if none of these cards make a huge impact this is just the type of thing yeah. that it should look it's like. it's not embarrassing to have they're taking a shots yeah yeah, it's not unreasonable to think that these cards could at least make some decks, you know. It's not like
0: half commander yeah. only cards that were in pre-cons and you're like, what is this?
1: And they're just fun cards, yeah. Whereas before it's like, I'm just, I one eyebrow raised like, never seen this card before. Not sure why it's here. It doesn't seem particularly fun. It doesn't seem particularly good. Like, yeah.
0: I don't get it. Yeah, So, uh, uh, so... We'll give the. But maybe it was meant to appeal to a different crowd than me. Totally, yeah. Um, I'm sure people love that one, and uh, but I like. Oh, we should one. also
1: mention that there's also Whirler Rogan, and Luder in the in the
0: anthology. Yes, those are also there as well. But go check it out. It's on a Wizards' um, website, as are most things.
1: Except any sort of competitive play results. Uh, that's true. Well, any, no, on no, any no. of Wizards' websites.
0: You cannot find that <laughs> anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, and you won't ever Gavin find Steve it you won't that's ever find there. it ever again because yes. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't exist really anymore wait Jeff did you hear that no what I think Was that's another, last call uh, Siren. I, uh, it oh. is, <laughs> it's another siren <laughs> oh no it is last call and so we will be right back with our final beers for the evening don't miss it alright Jeff you ready oh I'm ready alright here we go time for the big reveal Three, two, one. All right. Okay. <laughs> I was surprised. All right. So we, we picked our own beers, but um, yeah. because Collective Arts does uh, different arts, when
1: you... I had to show you the
0: hypnotic monkey. Yeah. When you when you put up the monkey, I was like, "What beer is that?" I because mine don't look like that. Mine look different. Yeah. So I was like, "I did you just pick something else from the fridge?" I just... Yeah. Just like I didn't like either of them. I got
1: I got this Budweiser.
0: Uh. <laughs> I just like drew a picture of a monkey on um yeah so as far as the beers go i think they were super super close um
1: i agree with that yeah
0: yeah uh but before we get right into all the things jeff i'm gonna put you right on the spot and uh as you're pouring your beer right now <laughs> oh no um but do you want to like quickly run through what our uh, rating system is sure so we're doing the uh, arena
1: right ladder Rating system. Uh, who knows how long that'll actually be around? You know, they might just scrap that.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's too like competitive. <laughs> just put everyone in bronze
1: tier. Yeah. Um, but so that means, uh, the lowest rank is bronze, which is this is a bad beer. I don't even want to finish the current one that I've poured. That would land you in the bronze category. Um, silver is macro brews, or you know, or let's say they're Craft brews that you can't distinguish from a macro brew that might land in silver. Uh, Gold is, this is fine, but it's not something I'm going to go back to. I'm going to get again and again. Um, Platinum, on the other hand, this is a good beer that I will order again. Um, Diamond would be, this is something exceptional. I would recommend this to people, you know. If they're like, hey, I'm looking for a good beer for the weekend, I'd be like, dude, you got to drink this one that's a diamond. And Mythic, these are the best of the best, our favorite beers. These are the ones that, you know, you won't shut up about. People are like, dude, did we get it? You like that beer? And you're like, no, but you don't understand how good it is. You know, you might recommend this to just a random person you see shopping for beer. You'll see them reaching for something else. You'll go, no, no, you want this one. That's how good the Mythics are.
0: You slap that beer right (laughs) out of their hand. No, you're actually picking up this one instead. It's much better. Trust me, bro. <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. So let's uh, now that we're I mean since we're split, um, I, I'm fine with starting with the the pineapple double IPA, the uh, Grand Terrestrial Rhapsody from Flying Monkeys that I brought. Yeah, I like it. I I'm, so I'm gonna be upfront. I mainly picked it because it has the higher uh, alcohol content, and that's the thing that's gonna uh, out you know kind of push me closer towards it. I think. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think it's it's totally nice. But um, for me, they're both kind of on a, on a similar scale. Uh, and I just wanted to finish this one tonight.
1: I agree. They're pretty similar. Yeah. Um, so this one has, I would say, it's my, kind of my typical issue with flying monkeys uh, in that it just, like, promises such big things, like their can art and their the way they name their beers and just what type of beer it is. It's a pineapple double IPA, 8.1%. And I find they usually don't like deliver the flavor that I'm expecting after such kind of big proclamations. Mm -hmm. And this beer fell in line with that, uh, you know, predisposition I have towards flying monkeys again, where it's like, Oh, it's this big double pineapple IPA. And then I taste it. It's like, okay, it tastes like an IPA and I do taste some pineapple, but it's not like, you know, big and, and, wow and punching me in the mouth kind of thing that mm-hmm. their cans and their their marketing and their you know everything suggests totally. to me and it's yep. the thing i fall for with flying monkeys every time where i'm just like oh my god that's gonna be like a wow and then it's like ah this just tastes like an ipa with some
0: pineapple and yeah um, um totally and i think i'm at the point where i kind of know that where i'm like picking up flying monkeys I'm like yeah I'm, I'm usually picking up they always have really high percentage alcohol in most of their beers mm-hmm. Uh, and so I kind of know, oh, Flying Monkeys, they're going to go, like, big as far as alcohol goes. And flavor is, like uh, – their bigger IPAs always have a nice, like, deep fullness to it where there isn't, like – the pineapple isn't huge. But, like, the hops aren't, like, stabbing me and drying my mouth out. It's really, like – it's just kind of juicy and round. And, um, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Um, I'll probably yeah. go –
1: for me this one's platinum
0: i it definitely feels platinum i don't know if i'm like i'm kind of like lower platinum like it's totally fine it's not the first uh, flying monkeys i'll pick up um but uh, it's definitely you know worth tasting
1: yeah it's like you know during in my past description it's like platinum is good beer and you'll drink mm-hmm. it again but i actually don't know how often i'll actually go back to this yeah. but i just feel like on I don't know, it feels a bit better than gold to me but and I guess we I forgot to say it but we should give our usual caveat that like you know we're not trying to offend anyone that's in oh. these leagues uh... yes
0: yes um, <laughs> if you are in a uh, one of the kind of lower tiers of starting arena we, we're not saying anything bad about you, you know if you're bronze yeah. you're not a trash player that has nothing to do with that yeah. no um, our
1: rating system for the beers is only inspired by the ranking exactly. system on arena in name
0: I'm still working through gold right now to be honest so
1: Yeah, I think I might be like gold slash bronze. Yeah. Constructed slash limited split. (laughs) I just haven't been
0: getting out of it. And uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, Anyway, so let's jump over to the um, Collective Arts, the one that you are drinking currently.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, as a matter of fact, it's just kind of a straightforward dry hopped blonde, as you know, that's what Mm -hmm. uh, it's meant to be. And one thing I've often said about Collective Arts is they're just such a solid brewery that if you don't like, a particular beer that they make that's an indicator that you might not like that style
0: mm-hmm. so
1: when somebody's like oh i don't know about this style i say buy the collective arts version if you really don't like that one um, you probably don't like the style because i'm sure they did a at least fine rendition of it um this is one of the ones that maybe proves me wrong on it a little bit where you know a dry hopped blonde ale is a style I really, really like, and I don't love this one. So, um, like, I think it's still good. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, my taste might be deceiving me, but uh, I'm going to go beer nerd here. I think I'm tasting galaxy hops as what they might have used to dry hop. And I don't like Galaxy hops that much. So. Interesting,
0: because it kind of
1: tastes like trees a little bit. Because if, if you know that like flavor, I'm tasting. Yeah, the, the
0: Flying Monkeys also used some Galaxy hops in their beer as well.
1: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. As
0: well, they I think they use Galaxy quite often, um, which I actually think I like Galaxy hops, <laughs> which is funny. Um, there you go. Because most of the time, the, the hop flavors that I don't like are, are more um, some yeah, of the you're more say intense on the can, ones. Actually, what this uses. I did not look for it on the other ones. Um, cause, it
1: tastes like Galaxy to me, which to me, it just tastes like trees. Like if you got some sort of sap that was coming out of a tree, that's what Galaxy Hops interesting. tastes
0: like to me. It usually just makes it feel like um, more, maybe a little bit sweeter. Uh, not not so like, it really gives that's more what of I a mean about the like
1: tree sap, you know, like it has hmm. that woodsy thing, but a little sweet, like, I don't know
0: interesting um, i i think i like it i
1: know we, we love maple syrup here but oh it says uses ella and centennial so i like centennial i've never heard of ella before
0: so maybe that's what you're confusing with uh galaxy interesting um but anyway i, I yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna ella hops dude go yeah look up what ella hops are but uh while you're doing that i think i'm i'm gonna say um i, I mean that one's definitely platinum as well um they both feel pretty solid i would drink them again but uh uh, I just Dude, felt... I, I,
1: I'm not even lying. I didn't set this up. Ella Hops. Ella is the little sister of the Australian superstar Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Ella and Galaxy share, share, share the same mother.
0: Wow. Look at you well, anyways, doing a...
1: I guess I don't like Ella Hops that
0: much either. So anything that's in the Galaxy family.
1: Yeah, like I don't dislike it. And, you know, Hops is only a small part of the equation a lot of the time. And, and Centennial is something that... Pretty much everyone likes, which is why a lot of beers use it fairly universally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's balanced. But for me, it's that like it kind of just tastes like trees. And, and I always get that in the back of my throat. Interesting. El Dorado does a similar thing to me, El Dorado hops. Hmm. Um, but I think I, I dislike El Dorado more strongly than I dislike
0: Galaxy. Galaxy. See, that's um, so interesting because I think I like Galaxy more than other ones. Most of the time, if I see something that says Galaxy, I'm usually going to like it more than uh, yeah other ones for
1: okay. me it was kind of pronounced because i brewed with it once and i used all galaxy and so like maybe it was just because that was a disaster <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like i hate galaxy now because I okay I all right that, that makes more sense you you it.
0: fucked up <laughs> your beer with galaxy okay that's
1: why i can like identify it because i used only galaxy in that beer so i know what galaxy tastes tastes that's like. true
0: i guess i've never had an, a beer that was only galaxy it always had a mix of other things in it. Although
1: I guess I can't identify it because I misidentified it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so what, what are you thinking for the, the Collective Art Express? This benefits. is Platinum as well. I yeah. think
1: they were both. Like, it's still a well-made beer, and I still enjoy it. Um, yeah. It's just that I do pick up a little bit of that, and when I think of dry hopped, I, I don't know. I personally just would like it dry hopped with hops that I prefer, obviously. Exactly.
0: Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, these are definitely ones you should pick up. Uh, so look for them at your local store slash, uh, I don't know, get them shipped to your house. I don't know how you would do that. Um, I don't know if you can. Anyway, uh, because we start uh, as soon as I start rambling about things, you know that it is closing time. So <laughs> we should probably close this one out. Uh,
1: won't even sing it this time.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, it's been, well, you know, maybe we should do a longer rendition of closing time now that the, the yeah, MPL we'll is closing, for sure, uh, closing down. There are no.
1: It'll <laughs> be. It'll uh, be next episode. Yeah,
0: we should just have a ni-
1: ninety-minute closing
0: time. <laughs> it's just on repeat. <laughs> Maybe we should just. Uh, we you'll learn how to play it on guitar, and we will do a harmonized version. Um, if you can learn harmonies, because I don't know how to do those. Um. <laughs>
1: Wait, you want me to sing and play at the same time?
0: Yes. You can play first and we'll record that and then you'll sing the oh, harmony. Yeah, they don't
1: have to know. That's
0: right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then we'll we'll have it come in. Anyway, uh <laughs> getting totally off track. Um if you wanna talk and You're to gonna us... have to throw some trumpet in there then. Oh, you know. <laughs> I, I will I'll try, I'll try. It's been a while um but anyway you can always reach us at arena regulars on twitter and instagram if you want to talk to us about how awesome it would be if we made a rendition of closing time slash uh (laughs) telling us not to ever do that ever
1: (laughs) also you might find this on mdg arena under the username arena regulars podcast i actually have a sweet draft going which uh you're welcome to finish at any time by the way i realized i just did half a draft and then left it there Ooh, that
0: actually sounds pretty fun finishing up a draft (laughs) Um, if you ever, it's a sweet deck. Yeah. I went
1: like four and zero, oh and then lost and, and rage quit. So it's Ooh. still there, well, sitting at four and one.
0: Well, then I can't lose really. It, it's just all upside <laughs> from there. Um, by the way, if you've never had a, a joint account with a friend, it's super fun. Uh, do it if you ever feel like having like a free free to play account that you just go on every once in a while. It's really cool. Yeah, and then uh, just
1: have the only friends list on that account be the two people.
0: Yeah, next. exactly. <laughs> um, uh, it's pretty great. Uh, if you ever want to reach me personally, you can find me at Zulberg on Twitter and Instagram. That is Z E U L B E R G. But Jeff, where can they find you? you? Can find me at Blues Brews MTG. Also on Twitter. Also, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify and Stitcher at our Anchor uh, websites. You can uh, follow us on all the different places. Give us a comment on YouTube. Uh, It would make a huge deal for us. We love any feedback that you have. This has been the Arena Regulars.
1: Reminding you that if you want to be a magic pro, you better learn how to time walk.
0: Good night. All right, that's fine.